to another episode of Carry On Up The Village. I'm Christopher, and this is the billet. This is the missus. Hi, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading our podcast. I hope you enjoy it. And this evening we have been enjoying uh, the episode A Change of Mind of the Prisoner. Your thoughts, Fiona? Well... Before I remove your frontal lobe. Of your brain... <laughs> In case you don't know what frontal lobe is. Yes, you didn't realise what frontal lobe I was referring to. Yeah, so um, I think that this was quite a... <laughs> it wasn't a many-layered theory. It was quite a small story of, of actual um, operations to try and convert his mind into something pliable and, uh, and thus we'll get the information. The information. That they wanted. Um... I mean, it was quite um, cleverly done in the sense that you could actually believe, not just with the um, operation, but that enough peer pressure and, and if you get a crowd together to think one thing, mm-hmm. then um, they will actually reject the nonconformist and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that was quite interesting, I thought. I thought it was interesting that they kind of... They mixed sort of two things together because you you could think that actually an episode about peer pressure, mob rule, without the experiments, without, might have been stronger. Without, yeah, without yeah. that would be one thing. And then another one about the um, physical intervention in his mind. Although of course they never actually did. No, it's all they they messed with his mind to mess with his mind. Yes. Do you think that? The ultrasonic process does actually, or in, within the within the program, do you think the ultrasonic process does actually work? Like the other guy who no, supposedly had had it done. No, I think it, that it's all a ruse. It's all. That's a why ruse. they spent so long explaining it to the people <laughs> on the telly just to keep the ruse up. To keep the ruse up, yes. So initially, he was sent in front. Number six was sent in front of the committee. Um, well, initially, he was just minding his own business, working out in the wood where. Mm-hmm. Two where's Wally's turned up and had a go. <laughs> Dude, I thought they were. They, they seemed like the sort of well, where's oldest, Wally? The, the oldest teddy boys in town. <laughs> and it's Wally and Waldorf. <laughs> um, so yes, I thought that was a bit. Yeah, I mean, he can be provocative, but at that mm-hmm. point, he had not provoked. Ah, but but in a, in a in a community like the village, I think the idea was that you provoke. By not being a fully engaged member of the community. Yes, which we realised what the story was all about. But in the beginning, you're just like, where's this come from? <laughs> Bit harsh. I think the the the, the men did the where's Wally did explain that's what they were unhappy yeah. with him about. Yes, well, I just thought. So yes, so then he went to the court. Mm, the where, committee. The committee where there's a whole lot of top hats and stripy jumpers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, well, I do think there's quite a few. Patrick moments. But him being particularly cocky and dismissive of authority is quite mm-hmm. enjoyable. Yes, he's he's very good at that. Yeah. Um that but what it wasn't that wasn't my favourite Patrick moment, I'll tell what you. What was your favourite? That you was have that Patrick moment was when he looked out at the sea and at the flock of birds and contemplated freedom. And yeah. I kind of, and, and what I kind of took from that was he's contemplating real freedom rather than the little battles that he's getting to fight. Yeah. Every now and then in the village, 
because again, this is one where he it, technically he won, but of course he's still in the village. Yeah. So he also lost. Um. So that was my Patrick moment. But I think I thought what was nice about it was because the story was quite small and and, and easy to deal with. Um you got a bit of time to reflect on the various aspects of it. Mm. And I also thought it was actually filmed and presented in a, in a very interesting way, an almost sort of an almost expressionistic way in terms of there's lots of strange angles mm. and very sharp shadows or changes of colour um, and that sort of thing. And I thought that was, you know, it, there was a kind of alienation in the way it was presented as well as in within the within the story. Itself. Though I did think when um when he went into the circle first off of mm-hmm. the committee, he was all jumpy and looking from one to the other as if they were going to do something mm-hmm. when they hadn't actually done anything. Mm-hmm. But then later they did disappear, which kind of made mm-hmm. him made you realise that he was right to think they were about to do something weird. But how did he know that? I, but I think that. Was that not just him expecting some villagey type thing to happen? Yeah, maybe. And then they sort of lulled him into a false sense of security, and then they did it anyway—a sort of double bluff. Yeah. Um, because I thought the kind of most disturbing thing in that was the butler pushing the table into into place. I know. So that it was a circle again. And then as soon as he he went for him, he was like moved it out the way, like yeah. the mm-hmm. automatic door. So um, and then they introduced the concept of the unmutual. Someone who is unmutual. See, it just makes me think of some kind of bank. Well, this is yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but again, I think it's good that they make up, again, they, they come up with their own terms rather than saying he's antisocial or yeah. nonconformist or something like that. Yeah. So what about the new number two, the I actor John Sharp? I didn't like him. I didn't like him to begin with, and then I actually grew to like him. I liked his little twitches. No, I thought he didn't have enough power. Oh. No, he doesn't have power. I liked his chats with the supervisor, number 48. Yes. When the supervisor just did nothing. Although there was one thing, he, and I kind of just like, that was towards the end, the supervisor said something back. Said, oh, I liked it when you didn't say anything back. And he was obviously, number two was suggesting that they couldn't take it too far in case they lost six and suggested, as in, he loses his marbles. Mm -hmm. Because they didn't want him to lose, them to lose the possibility of finding the information. So, um, but he he was kind of on the edge of losing his marbles himself. Well, I think... think, Edge of mania or something. I think the the number twos are, though. They know that you really only get... If you don't get... Once you decide how you're going to try and get number two... If number you don't six. get how you're going to get number six, so yes. Uh, if you don't get him, you're out. Mm. Although interestingly, in this one, number six didn't, ha- you know, didn't do that. He wasn't out because somebody else took him away. He was out because the villagers took him to be. Yeah. Well, we're not. We haven't got to that part yet. All right. Okay. So. Um, uh... And then the appeal committee turned up. Oh, the appeal committee, yes. The four ladies of the appeal committee. And they came up in Bohemian Rhapsody form. Yes, they stood in the formation of the... Well, well, either that or the video for Bohemian Rhapsody was a a nod (laughs) to this. I I also like that they seem to be led by uh, 
Uh, is it Anne Hegarty, the uh, the governess from the Chase? Oh, is that who she is? She's not. It's not. It's not her. But she looked very like her. Oh right, okay. <laughs> not her. <laughs> I also liked when they really started attacking him with the umbrellas. They well, only went for it. They were pretty violent. We've never really <laughs> seen violence in that amongst the villagers. Yes, it's always been the henchmen or whatever. So. Well, the villagers really have been quite anonymous up till now, apart yes. from one or two. But there, there really was a sense of community—not a very nice sense of community, no. but a sense of community nonetheless. Yeah, everyone completely bought into that everyone had to conform. And, you know, at least he's been presented with some evidence of number six being unmutual. At the end, number 84 just had to say, number two's unmutual, and they were on it. Yeah. Let's go! Which I suppose is maybe a comment on the idea of you mob keep, You keep getting to that bit when I wasn't ready. Oh, well, we can always go back to it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. You've said it now. You've spoiled it. We've watched it. So then we get onto the lobotomy thing. Ultrasonic something or other. That's what it was called, because it was sound. Yes, it was sound. Um, I did, I believed that they were doing that to him. Mm-hmm. So um, I quite liked that we didn't know that it was false until afterwards. Mm-hmm. But he was um, strong enough to at least be able to avoid getting drunk. It's like he's obviously the ultimate villager. Mm-hmm. And no one else has managed to do that. What do you think that maybe tells you about his life before the village? Uh, he's trained. Mm-hmm. Yes. So do you think he's military or secret service? Or? He's one of those because he's obviously been trained in anti um, to, to withstand torture and, and mm-hmm. to keep his books about him when he's in death's door and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think he. I think he's secret service. Okay. That's my current thinking. Why do you think he resigned? He did. He did kind of give a reason in this one. He it? wanted time, time to time, think. Time, time to think. Um, I think he something happened, or he found out something that shook his fundamental belief in whatever he was working for. You've always said that. That's your that's your top theory for Have why I? he resigned. Yeah, you've said that before. Oh, there we go. Mhm. Been a while. But I wonder if that I wonder if that reflects and this is not you don't have to get into this. I wonder if that reflects your fears or you know what what would make you resign like that? If I if I didn't believe in what I was fighting for mm-hmm. or what I was trying to achieve. Interesting, interesting. Um, there was a bit of a we're coming to the point where I felt that we were a bit of a different time in that even though it was subterfuge. Number six did mansplain to number 84 how to make a cup of tea. Yeah, but I think that was more him trying to create a uh, a reason why he was chucking the tea out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and he was trying to be patronising and annoying um, just for the fun of it. Mm. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. I thought he was trying to also not arouse her suspicions. By doing something that a man would do. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So that was when she was trying to drug him again. Yes. Um, with a second dose of, I'm going to say nitol, but that's not right. Uh, mitol. Night nurse, mitol. Yes. That's not a real thing, is it? No. I've not heard of it, no. But it does sound a lot like nitol. Nitol. And it's meant to like subdue you, make yeah. you happy. So I think that, that wasn't unconnected. What are we going to call this thing that makes them... Let's call it nitol. No, that, that's already a thing. Oh, mitol? Yeah, okay, let's go with that. One <laughs> thing I noticed... 
Oh, eh? Was when before he had his lobotomy, when he was being sent for the social inclusion treatment, uh-huh. which seemed to be some kind of role play. Um, oh, that was that was a that was a world of bad acting, wasn't it? <laughs> they had a, they had a Chinese man. Yes, yes. Not often an ethnic minority. We've mm-hmm. had one Indian, haven't we? Indian. Do we have a guy in a turban or something? Well, possibly. In the very first episode, one of the taxi drivers is a uh, uh, Asian woman. No, no, I didn't mean that. I bet it was definitely a man I was thinking of. Oh, right, okay. But anyway, yeah. Unusual, though, yeah. Unusual. And um, so noticeable in its uniqueness. Yeah. And the other guy who was speaking a lot, who was... When 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 the, the Asian man spoke, I thought, well, there's not going to be any worse actors than this in it. And then the other guy spoke, and he was even worse. Mm. And he had a slightly odd European-type accent as yeah. well, I thought. Mm-hmm. And social inclusion training. It was think that was it looked really dull. It was like I wouldn't want to be part of this society either. It looked like the kind of thing you do in like a work training thing, isn't it? No, yeah, then you have to build a raft and so I suppose the no, no, I... can't get you to build a raft. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I meant in the role play, you know, nobody really wants to be doing this or wants to be here, but they're gonna do it anyway really badly. Oh, do you think it was role or did you think in the story they were acting? Yes, I think they were doing role play. Oh, so the bad acting might actually be good acting. Yes. Oh, that would explain why they were all so bad. Yeah. That's true. So number 42 wasn't really a poet. She was just playing a poet. Yes. Oh, okay. I think there's more layers to this than you gave it credit for. (laughs) I see. But I don't think a bit of role play is going to change anyone's mind or treat them. So a bit like when they do it at work, then. Yeah, but very much so. Satire. <laughs> good job nobody knows where we work. Yeah, yeah it's a good job. <laughs> and um, although let me tell you, if I ever do resign, I am going to do it by marching up and down in front of my boss's desk and banging the table so hard that their cup of tea shatters. And I did think I, you know, when he was um, doing the hypnosis to uh, number forty-two. 84. 84. You were halfway right. <laughs> <laughs> you were literally halfway right. Um, I was like, what is he going to get her to do at four o'clock? But calling number two on mutual, I think, was genius. Mm, yes, yes. Turned the whole thing against them. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it was a bit much to think that, well, unless he, yes, maybe he had the training as, as being a spy. Suddenly he knew she was drugged enough to be able to hypnotise with a watch. Well, he knew she was drugged. Yeah, but still. Do you think he had skills in hypnosis? Well, he clearly did. Maybe he's a magician. <laughs> Maybe he know what's about them. Let's, let's kidnap Paul Daniels and put him in the village, find out what he knows. That's magic. <laughs> oh, it's scary when you do that. <laughs> okay. That's all I have to say. The end. Who is your favourite other villager? It was a Chinese man. But he was really bad, really poor. No, I quite liked um, number 84. Oh, yes. Especially when she got a bit high. <laughs> I thought she was quite poor at that as well. I liked when she asked him about her dress, just totally out of the blue. Do you like my dress? And he says a bit more feminine. It's like, it's something you're wearing. Yeah, but then the other women who are in the Oh, village. Or who wear the slacks. Oh, I see, I get you. We wear the slacks. Slacks. Who wear the slacks? (laughs) Who wear the slacks? You know that Patrick McGoon would never allow slacks on a programme that he was involved with. 
my favourite other villager came very early in the in the process. Uh, when he was in the um when he before he when he was waiting to go into the committee and he heard the what was happening in the committee with number ninety three, then out came number ninety three who declared himself inadequate. Number ninety three the inadequate number ninety three was my favourite, mainly because of his anything but inadequate beard. <laughs> Which was there was a, there was an element of Brian Blessed about it, wasn't there? It was a bit. It was, I thought it was a bit of sort of a sort of Vic and Bob about him because he had that tight red, mm. too tight red pullover, and the and the his hair looked like it was you know just a rubbish wig that had yeah. been slammed down. So number ninety three was my favourite other villager. Yeah, okay. Um, so tell me this though, if you are in terms of the themes of this. Uh, of this episode of um, The Prisoner, uh, do you think there's ever a time when physical intervention can... Can physical intervention uh, alter one's mental perception of things? I think... For the better? If you are very disturbed Mm -hmm. to the point where your brain doesn't function and you are a danger to yourself, you can do intervention to subdue a brain in entirety. I don't know whether that's better or worse than having someone who's capable of harm. I think I think that's all you can do. I don't think you can fix someone to be better but perfectly functional and normal. Mm-hmm. You'll always lose something in that process. Well, I think you can, you can dumb someone down, mm-hmm. but you can't just take out the bad stuff. Okay. What about the idea of... Um, so what do you think? I, I think I agree with you. Cop out. Um, yeah. Well, I just can't help it. If you I agree on the with spot you. there. It's happened to you. All right, then. I totally disagree with you. I think it's perfectly fine. No, I can't say that because it's not true. Um, what about um, the idea of social conformity and um, being a active member of society is that better than being a loner i think this episode did say conformist good loner bad loners aren't bad um i think that it is a reflection of what society expects of you and people think oddly of loners and people want people to conform but i don't think it's necessary and do you think that's what this episode was saying yeah. Oh, see, I think I think the episode was saying kind of the opposite that involvement in society is not the be all and end all. There is a place for individuals. Why do you think they were saying that? Because number six one, and he's an individual. Oh, I see. Yeah, but what they were trying to say was the village thought that. Yes, yes, the thinking. village thought that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you were meant to like the village of this. No, no, no. I suppose not. Um, who is number one? Oh, you always ask me this. I always ask you this. There is no number one. You're still on there is no number one. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, I think it was a bit telling that there was an awful lot of shots of the butler in this one. Ugh, no, it's not the butler. And the butler at the end, well, well number six went off to be happy in his little victory, and the rest of the village went off to lynch number two. The butler just got on with uh, the business of running the village. 
Well, there we go. That can be your theory. Will you be disappointed if the butler is number one? I probably wouldn't care. Are you going to care either way, whatever number one is revealed as? Or if number one is not revealed at all? I don't care. I'm not saying there isn't something that will surprise me. Mm-hmm. As if, if there's a reveal, I might well go, ooh, I never thought of that. That is still a possibility. Mm-hmm. But if anything that we've discussed turns out to be true, or we never find out, meh. Meh. So in which case, why do why'd you carry on watching? I want to know whether he ultimately wins. I would quite like to know why he resigned. Oh. But, or, or why he's in the village, or who the people are that are keeping him in the village. But I doubt we'll find out, because if I set my expectations that low, I won't get upset. Well, that was a cheery end, then. Very good. Okay, well, if you have anything that you wish to... Uh, uh, Tell us about... Um... We're not going to find out what else was on telly. Oh, sorry. Yes, I can tell you that. 15th of December. This is my favourite bit. It's not very exciting because we've been here so many is times. No, that's that was something different. That was, was a different, that different podcast altogether. Yes. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> this was ITV. Um, on BBC One was Dactari. Oh, yeah. Uh, followed by All Gas and Gators. Uh-huh. Derek Nemo is currently appearing in Charlie Gall at the Delphi Theatre. Uh-huh. Um... And on BBC Two, it was Outlook, Yugoslavia, all about Macedonia. Oh, I might watch that. Might you watch Macedonia? Yeah. Where is Macedonia in terms of Yugoslavia? South. What do you think? Could be. I don't know. The new Eurovision Song Contest. No one does it flash up at the <laughs> south there. Fair enough. So that's what you could have watched at this time. Um, so, uh, is there anything else that we want to... Uh, Talk about. No. Talk about. Got to go to the hospital. Yes. Well, in that case, uh, if you have anything that you would like, you, dear listener, have anything that you would like to uh, uh, let us know, you can contact us at prisonerpodcast.gmail.com or at prisonerpod on Twitter. So, uh, all that remains then is to say thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time when we carry on up the village. Bye! Bye! Every time you do that, I have to leave the recording a little bit longer. Do you want me to shut up? Yes. Sorry. Do you want me to shut up? Yes. Yes.